0: Okay, we are, once again, live. And today's topic is denial, gaslighting, and racism. How do these things go together? And my basic premise, folks, is that anything that can happen in a relationship happens in the wider culture and vice versa. And so the idea of denial and gaslighting, which we talk about mostly in terms of our personal relationships, is happening also in this field of racism or classism or any other ism that you can conceive of. Racism has its roots in denial and gaslighting when you think about it. Denial is pretending that a condition does not exist that does. So when we talk about an alcoholic, for example, the alcoholic denies that they have a problem with alcoholism, that they drink to excess. And in the case of slavery and racism, you know, when, when Africans were first ripped out of their country and brought to the United States as slaves, the first layer of denial was that they were human beings. Africans were not considered full on human beings. And it is this fundamental belief that has carried through our culture, even though we now treat African Americans as equals legally at the very least, it is still this dehumanization. There are studies that show that uh, children at a young age will see a white person being pinpricked and a black person being pinpricked and have equal empathy. But after about age seven, they start to see African Americans as having a much higher threshold of pain and being less human. And so in some way, these children have been polluted by the wider culture, possibly by their parents, we don't know. But that, that denial, which started out as, these aren't people, these are high-level animals. That denial somehow has carried through hundreds of years later. What's gaslighting? Gaslighting is when we try to convince someone else that what's happening isn't happening. And so we've done a fantastic job of trying to convince everyone actually, not just African Americans, that racism doesn't exist. So if you are a Caucasian and you're on the top of the socioeconomic heap, then for you, that may show up as denial at first. Oh, well, I know I'm not a racist. You know, it's interesting when, when the whole explosion happened There were so many Caucasians on listserv saying, I'm not a racist, I don't support this. And yet, if we're swimming in the same culture, we're like fish in a fishbowl. Cultures, when we're in a culture, we're like fish in a fishbowl. We're eating in that culture, we're pooping in that culture, we're eating what's floating in our own poop. And the isms, racism, classism, sexism, these are all social excrement. And you can't, if you're a fish in that, you can't help but get it on you. And it actually intoxifies you after a while. And if you're a person swimming in that culture, you can't help but get it on you. So for anyone to say, well, I'm not a racist, a more accurate statement would be, I swim in the culture and racism and sexism, sexism and classism and all the isms are all over me. But I adhere to an ideal or a belief system higher than that. And I wanna cleanse this out of who I am. A more accurate statement would be, it's probably in me, but I don't like it. I don't want it. I want to. I want it taken from me. I want it cleansed. Denial today, you know, I had a an argument with my daughter, one of my daughters. She said uh, that there were 10 people in the village of Mamaronek with signs up. And actually I drove by them today. They have tents that have signs up uh, saying, Uh, with anti-police brutality statements and anti-racism statements and they were shaking they're shaking them at the people driving by and I said you know I don't think that's effective actually if I'm completely honest I laughed and she was really insulted and I, I laughed because I think that when we're protesting on that level where it's not being picked up by the media there isn't a government that has responsibility that's really noticing it. All we're doing is saying, well, I'm angry. I'm angry about police brutality. I'm angry about George Foreman. I'm angry about these things. There's a level of denial going on there. And the denial is that in some way, shape or form, I'm a part of it. I'm out protesting and I'm angry, but that isn't fixing it. Now, I agree with my daughter that at least they're protesting. So I should have given her that. I probably owe her one there. and. And I'll catch up on that because I make right what's, what's not right that comes out of me. And the wider point is, what could those people be doing to be making a difference? Maybe they need to be big brothers or big sisters, or maybe they need to be working in a soup kitchen, or maybe they need to be you know, any number of things that take them out of their comfort zone. Now, The thing I've really been wrestling with is how is protesting gaslighting? Protesting probably isn't gaslighting, but I think that when we are gaslit, it's usually the government and politicians defending themselves saying, I heard a a police officer talking about all the things that the NYPD has been doing to raise the consciousness around appropriate actions during protests, around racism, around these things. And he was really defending the NYPD. And I have to say that on, one, part, on the one hand, I empathized with him, but on the other hand, there is a level of gaslighting happening there. Gaslighting is convincing someone that something is not as it is. So he's convincing, he's in denial to some extent that there is a level of police brutality that is way above and beyond. And he's gaslighting us all into believing that this brutality is not universal. And what we know is that, what we know about the police department is it's a paramilitary organization. And what we know about military organizations in this country is that they're armed and they're prepared for warfare. The police have tons of weapons, flak jackets. They're trained to shoot. They're trained to kill. They are trained in an us, us and them mentality. When you talk to most law enforcement people, they speak about the society as being the sheeps, the sheeps being regular people, and the wolves being the people who are taking advantage of them. And then there's them. I guess they're like the sheep dogs. And so they have automatically segmented society into three categories. And the problem is that sometimes they see the sheep as the wolves. And that gets further confused when we're looking at organized crime taking advantage of protests to rob stores because then you have the wolves mixed in with the sheep. But that's not what we're here to talk about that. We're here to talk about gaslighting and denial. So I think the problem with the police department talking about all the things that it has been doing is that can be interpreted as a form of gaslighting. And I think the further, the problem with blaming the police department is that they represent the wider society, they represent what's going on. Okay, so when we're dealing with denial, the issue is not really denial. The issue is readiness to change on the part of the individual so that goes back to what I was saying about protesters. They, you, know, if you think it's adequate to hold up a sign and say, I'm angry that it's this way and someone needs to fix it. That's the equivalent of a drunk saying, somebody real or do something about this alcohol problem. There's no readiness to change there. There's no ownership of the fact that we all swim in the same water and that we all contribute to it in some way, shape or form. The issue is the motivation, once we identify ways to make a change, is the motivation to persevere. So anytime that we step out of our comfort zone, um, going to be a big brother or big sister, let's say, for example, persevering and following through on that is a challenge. I mean, at first, we're upset and we're angry, so we're motivated by that anger. But as the anger subsides, what is going to keep us moving through? And so in order to change and persevere, we need to have a vision. I was talking in an earlier broadcast about Martin Luther King Jr. and his vision. We need a vision akin to that, a vision of a world where people are judged for how they behave and nothing else, if they're judged at all. The issue when we're in denial is access to help. Who do we turn to to help us make those commitments and follow through them? And personally, I think that therapists and coaches are a great source for help if you have the money for them. Um, if if, but a better source for help would be to get together in a group that wants to cr- promote change and take action within that group. The issue is lack of alternatives and options. Um, and it's interesting, even as I think about the police department, what are the alternatives and options? I bet you there's a million of them, but for some reason I haven't thought of them. And if I haven't thought of them, how much are they thinking of them? But, so alternatives and options are between our ears. There appears to be a lack of alternative and options, but there are actually unlimited alternatives and options. The issue is an unaddressed underlying trauma. So there is an underlying trauma in our society for racism, and the source in our society is slavery. And that trauma still has not been completely released. And part of it is, uh, I know that's something I come up against all the time as well, help. My people came over two generations ago. What did they have to do with that? It's part was one thing. It was a conversation I've had with myself. And the other side of that is I've benefited from that by being a white male in the United States of America. I've benefited from the economic, uh, economically unbalanced society that we live in, this unbalanced because of racism, this unbalanced because of any ism you want to throw in there. i benefited from it. And therefore, I have a debt to pay. Because it's kind of like drawing on a bank. One group has it easier than another group. They've drawn on a bank and then they need to pay it back in. So there, on some level, there is a trauma from the imbalance that needs to be addressed. When we're dealing with gaslighting, we need to recognize what drives the behavior. So if we go back to my police department example, what's driving behavior is the police officer that I'm talking about really, his heart really is in the right place. He really is disgusted by the fact that somebody was asphyxiated by an unaware officer. Um, It it bothers him that the way it makes him look and the way it makes all police officers look. So that's what the gaslighting is about for him. But it's his denial and his denial being created into gaslighting in that example. And so anytime that you look at gaslighting, recognize what's driving the behavior. What is it they wanna control and why? React to their claims the right way. So we can react to gaslighting by being furious and pissed off. We can react to gaslighting by um, arguing, but the, the strongest reaction to gaslighting is to get in touch with our own values and our own principles and draw from them. And in the face of the gaslighting say, no, I don't agree with that. No, I do not buy the reality that you want me to believe it. I will not compromise my own values and principles to believe and the reality that you believe in. When we're dealing with gaslighting, don't second guess ourselves. If someone is gaslighting us and it feels like something's off in it, something's off in it. You know, uh, like a part of me really wants to go with this police officer and say, yeah, the NYPD is really trying. But on another level, people are freaking dying. On another level, uh, I can think of the times that I've been wronged by the police department and I can think of the times when I've been wronged by the police department and then been released because I knew someone in the department or had some other advantage, some other advantage that other people don't have. And so I know that this is not completely, this is not a a completely righteous claim. Seek help if the gaslighting continues. So if you feel, if you're being gaslit, in the wider society, where do we seek help if the gaslighting continues? We We seek help from other branches of government. Um, and if the government if the government itself is unified in its gaslighting, we then seek help from the people. And that is where protesting makes a difference. That is where coming together makes a difference because in the end, the Declaration of Independence says what? It says all men are created equal. It says that all men have, have equal rights. And it says that if we feel those rights are being infringed, then we have the right to either reject the government or reform the government. That is basically what the Declaration of Independence says. And this country was founded on that. And to my knowledge, though we have the Patriot Act, which has removed our, our freedoms in some ways, the Declaration of Independence still stands. So worst case, we can help one another. I, for example, am a rabid follower of Jesus. And I'd wanna know where is the church in all this? Why aren't all the churches? stepping out and speaking out. No one has higher ground on this than the churches. No one is more willing to be um, cross-cultural and cross-class than churches. So where have they been in all this, for example? And so one of the things I want to start doing is reaching out to churches and say, hey, where are you guys? Martin Luther King Jr. would have been all over this. Where are you? Um, The last thing that you can do when dealing with gaslighting is if you're in an individual relationship, you get out and you don't look back. And I suppose if you're in a society where gaslighting is going on, like in Nazi Germany, um, the gaslighting that went on was that the blonde haired, blue eyed Caucasians were the master race and everyone else else was inferior. And you either believe that or you left. So if the United States gets to the point where we just aren't gonna budge, we don't get it, we're not changing, it's time to leave. I mean, anyone who doesn't buy what the gaslighting says, if they don't see that the government's changing, they don't see that the people are willing to stand, then the only move we have left is to leave. But I don't believe that we've come to that point. The fact that I can make this declaration on video right now tells me we're not there yet. The fact that people are out protesting tells me that we're not there yet. The fact that members of the NYPD feel badly and make statements, though I don't completely agree where they're coming from, tells me that we're not there yet. And so there's hope. And where there's hope in the future, there is power. That's all I have for today. Think about your hope for the future, which is the source of your power.